are you just watching? What did we just watch? Transformers <laughs> 2. Yes, <laughs> Revenge, Revenge of, of the, the Fallen. Fallen. Initial reactions. I'm Daniel Lewis. I'm Eve Franklin. And I'm Chris Jones. And you, our faithful listeners, probably noticed we have a third voice in here. And Chris, it's great to have you in here. It's great to be here. Yeah, yes. good. You know, you followed that script really well. The, it's good to have you here. It's great to be here. I've, I watch TV. I know these things. Good. Well, we all watched Transformers Revenge of the Fallen today. Right off, what did you think? I think it could have been a lot better. The first movie was definitely better than the second. I agree. If you want to watch a Transformers movie, just watch the first one. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe I would agree as well that this movie was cool. Yeah. Great great soundtrack. Good effects. Yeah. Great Mm -hmm. effects. Awesome fight scenes. A lot of slow motion things. Mm -hmm. But... As far as a story, I thought it was cool digging into ancient civilization and all mm-hmm. of that. But I don't know. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's one of those kinds of movies that it's neat, but not. There was probably about 30 minutes worth of content in the movie that could have been completely cut and you would have mi- wouldn't have missed it. Almost yeah. like the whole first half. Yeah. And several of the characters could have just been completely <laughs> not knocked out of the story, story and you would miss anything. Yeah. Which characters are those, Chris? Um, the two twin Autobots and um, the the roommate, the college roommate. Yeah. I, yeah. He I don't even remember me. his name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get into this, I do want to say that this... Initial reaction will contain spoilers. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to give it all away, but generally we want to assume that you, our listeners, have watched this movie. So if you haven't, please stop this recording, maybe watch the movie, or wait until it comes out on DVD, which is my personal recommendation, <laughs> and then watch this or listen to this again. <laughs> I'm all mixed up now in my terminology. Of course, we just told you it, it wasn't really worth seeing, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would say not worth seeing in the theater. It's yeah. definitely not worth a movie ticket price. Right. Maybe yeah. the dollar fifty theater, but... Yeah, yeah. or free <laughs> DVD free. rental, which is how I get my DVDs for free. <laughs> so, there will be spoilers in here. If you don't want to be spoiled, then don't listen. Yeah, turn off now. Don't, don't turn it back on. <laughs> well, until later. Until later. Yes. Yeah. Now, first of all, I want to say that it's been a long month since our last episode. I've been in PodCamp Ohio and preparing for that and in that gear of speaking up at PodCamp Ohio three times up there. And so I had to put some things aside. So it's great to be behind this microphone again Yes, on yes. both of my podcasts, actually, this and then uh, the Ramen Noodle. Now, one thing I noticed, okay, Transformers, it's based on toys, <laughs> Not a whole lot of plot with toys. Well, yeah. But, okay, being based on toys, who would you say they're trying to make this movie appeal to? This specific one? Or just... Any well, kind one? of this... this 
Well, the generation series. that played with the toys, for one thing. Yeah. Transformers are still around. They're obviously. still around, but they faded out for a while and they've come back because of the movies. But they were, you know, more my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when the, the, the an- animated cartoons originally appeared, was when I was young. So, and I'm the oldest one here, so. <laughs> so the thing that I find myself struggling with mentally in this thing is, okay, it's a movie based on toys. So that makes you almost think it's supposed to be a kid's movie or a movie that kids might enjoy. But mm. no, it's made for people, kids of my age, who are now adults right. and grew up with these toys. Mm-hmm. But yet, the dialogue in the movie, and maybe this is just Michael Bay's fault, yeah, but the dialogue is. in the movie is so childish. The characters, their attitudes, the reactions. And, and yet at the same time, the language is so filthy that yeah. it's, it's like that it's not appropriate for young ages. I and mean, that's the, my point. Is yeah, that it's a sexual innuendo, the, the bad language. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah, so that's, that's something that I think is ridiculous, that it's almost like they make this movie to appeal to older kids, but yet they put in all of this stuff that makes it not good for kids at all. Right. And I would say this one, this movie is not not appropriate appropriate for kids Mm -mm. at all. No. Personally, I think it should have been rated R. Yeah. It wasn't? No. No. It was PG-13. It was PG-13. See, now that's the thing I've learned recently is that movie producers try very hard to hit PG-13. That's the the target one. Yeah, Yeah. I remember, uh, a con- I guess it was when I got the director's cut of Daredevil and watched it, they had, um, in the commentary, they were talking about the thin line that they had to cross in order to keep the movie PG-13. And they edited it out, I think it was a total of three scenes in order to make it PG-13. Hmm. And, it was, and, and when I saw the movie in the theater, I thought it was horribly inappropriate for children, even of age of 13. Yeah. And and so and I think I, I think they were walking that same line with Transformers too. It wouldn't surprise me if the director's cut had stuff in it that made it rated R. Yeah. Now, okay, Megan Fox as a guy, I'll be honest. Yeah, she's. I don't like using the word hot because that's not the way that I want to, you know, feel about a woman out there. But yeah, that's the word that describes her. Mm-hmm. And she definitely played that up in this. And I've read something about her personality is that that's what she's trying to do. And so they included her in this basically as eye candy for the guys out there. Yeah. And that really bugs me when they make a movie that really without her character. Well, then there was the other girl, though, at college. Without the two female characters in this, <laughs> it would have been a really clean movie. Well, like, sexuality well, concerned. Well, it, <laughs> well, you do remember the scene with the agent and, and pulling his pants down. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, uh, that was totally inappropriate. And I, I don't even know how to warn viewers of when to close their eyes. You know, it's just come, so sudden. And then it's just so like, sudden, what? and it's like horribly inappropriate. Yeah, just before, if you haven't seen this yet, just before they try to break into the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Right, they're beside the cars. Just turn away and and don't look. Yeah, it. Yeah, as a guy, it's like for me. Yeah, it's like ah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to see that. Uh. So let's get into actually the movie in a chron- somewhat chronological order. 
at the beginning, they start talking about history, Earth's history. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And they say that Earth is the birthplace of the human race, which that they say that makes me wonder if future movies, because we know they're going to do another one. Oh, yeah. They set it up. Um, I wonder if future movies will somehow tie in that humans are elsewhere as well. If they say that this is the birthplace of the human race, right. does that mean the human race is elsewhere too? I don't know. That's maybe reading too much into it. But then what was that timeline that they gave? 17,000, um, 16,000, yeah. 17,000 BC. Yeah, BC. Yeah. And they show not fully was, developed humans. And it wasn't even a saber-toothed tiger they were hunting. It was just a regular tiger. I was kind of hoping for, I mean, if you're going to be that far back in the past, then at least make it be a different animal that they're supposedly hunting. Yeah. Come on, people. You secular movie producers, get your evolutionary timeline right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the people were all like painted native, you know, and, and, it, and it goes back to that whole racist thing where the primitive man is like black and mm-hmm. um it, it, it's it's a horrible thought that they even they're putting it in the movies now and they they're expecting us to get away from the whole racist philosophy of of other races being inferior but yet they do it in these movies you know i mean it's not it, it it's not even hidden it's just very obvious yeah but yet when they start off the uh, may, um Oh, what's the main guy's name? Optimus Prime is mm-hmm. doing the narration. And he starts off saying that humans are capable of great compassion as well as great violence. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're com- created with the ability to love because God is love. love right. And God gave us the characteristics that he himself has. And those are examples of uh, love and compassion and then violence though would be the opposite of that Mm -hmm. the lack of love and compassion and you were speaking of being created in the image and there was actually a a a comment in the book where one of the soldiers says if we are created in the image of god what image were they created in and just just discussing the transformers which i thought was a pretty interesting statement that they they threw that in there yeah i think it was page 39 of the book we just watched (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you said book. Did I say book? You I'm really sorry. did. Were there any Transformers books? I'm going to assume there, there have like been. There like cartoon images and something. Now, I would assume that somebody's written novelizations at least. You know, as I grow up, I start watching... As I grow up, that's what we're going to this. <laughs> I notice more and more things about movies now. And one of the things that I like to try and watch is how do movies portray the parents? Mm-hmm. How did they? Well, uh, at the beginning, it would, they were more comic relief than anything else, but I think they kind of transformed <laughs> in the movie. So. I, I think that they were portrayed better in this movie than in the first movie, because in the first movie, they never got above um, not knowing what's going on and just being worried about the garden and the dog and, you know, just very, very much foolish in how they were acting and, and behaving and with everything going on and, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to laugh at them. In this movie, um, 
they 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 started out there, but even even in the beginning, like there was a moment between Sam and his father when he was getting more serious about sending mm-hmm. Sam off to school and how that was affecting him, and then in the end when they show up again, like mm-hmm. they are completely you know like they're freaking out because they're you know have no idea what's going on, but they're much more rational about it and much, self-sacrificing, right, yeah. and willing to you know let their son who obviously has a better idea what's going on, let him do what's needed. Mm-hmm. So I I thought that they did a better job with the parents. I appreciated the parents more. The first half, I kept thinking how bad they were putting the parents in light. Mm-hmm. That they were making fun of the parents and making... Now, they did that in the first movie, too, like you pointed out. But yeah, near the end, where it's that scene that the parents have met with Sam. Sam, yes, thank you. With <laughs> Sam there in the middle of this battle zone, which looked exactly the same as from the first, <laughs> first movie. movie. Yes. They must have just. Deja vu. All over again. <laughs> yeah. They. Sam grabs his father, his father's grabbing him, and father's like, no, you must come with us. You must come with us. Sam is like, I have to do this. I have to go. And then his father says, all right. What I really liked was that um, the, the parents go off with Bumblebee. But then when when Sam has been injured and you don't know if he's dead or not dead or if they can bring him back or, or whatever with all of that, like they, they show up again. They convince Bumblebee to turn around and come back to the battle so that mm-hmm. they can be with their son. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. And something that I noticed in this is Sam's loyalty to his girlfriend... Michaela was mm-hmm. called into question several times. Yeah. And yet, in the end, you see that, yeah, he was loyal. Mm-hmm. And he struggled with saying, love. I love you, because mm-hmm. of the amount of commitment that that is to say mm-hmm. that. And he wanted her to say it first, which she did. She did yeah. say it first. I, I had an issue with that, honestly. I mean, in a relationship, the guy is supposed to sort of, you know, I mean, like, it's it's equal thing to be dictating the pace of your relationship but the guy should be the one to take the leap and say I love you first like I I did not appreciate his cowardice and not wanting to say it first because they obviously both felt it and they both Mm -hmm. knew that they felt it and knew that they weren't going to run away if they said it to the other but he was not willing to take that stand and that that irritated me and it was funny because he would tell her like at the beginning he says I adore you (laughs) and she's like and she's like that's not the word I was looking for he's like what do you mean it's the same word it's just a different it, you know, so yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Come on, man up, Sam, and just say it. Yeah, be honest, be real, be a man. Come on, maybe that's Shia LaBeouf's character coming out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have got to talk about the Star Wars content. Oh, yeah, oh my word! I, I just could not get over it. They they reveal this uh, master character that is behind uh, um, Megatron. And, uh, and and I guess in the Transformers' previous stories or whatever, Megatron was always the biggest, baddest. And um, and now you have this master uh, Decepticon who's the Fallen mm-hmm. in the movie. He's Reven- called the Fallen. He's the called the Fallen. And and when you see him, there's all this master and apprentice stuff going on. I mean, it feels like we were in the Revenge of the Sith, you know? (laughs) I was just expecting the old English to come out. What is thy bidding, my master? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, it was crazy. I was just sitting here going, okay, let's just steal completely from Star Wars. I yeah. Mean. And and the, the the fallen guy kind of reminded me of Jabba the Hutt, like a very mechanical version. <laughs> but when he was sitting in his throne on Saturn or wherever it was that they were, and he just, he, he looked like Jabba the Hutt, and then in one of the other scenes, the, the Decepticon thing that was forming itself out of the little balls kind of reminded me of the, the oh, the evil robots in the the oh yeah first in, episode uh, the, of yeah Star episode Wars? one yeah, yeah Phantom Menace yeah what, whatever the, the little were, rotating assassin things and yeah they yeah, looked yeah. exactly it was like a million of those and I'm like can we not come up with new material <laughs> so maybe Luke Skywalker was a miniature <laughs> the, the universe far far away is a micro universe oh <laughs> yeah got a oh. new theory here. Yeah. And the Sith are controlled by the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I thought the Fallen meant the Fallen Decepticons. Like, right. it yeah, was going too. to be all of these hidden mm-hmm. Decepticons on Earth that suddenly rise up and right. you know, attack. But no, the Fallen was actually this guy. And I he mean, was, this- the way they set it up was there was these group of the Primes, and he was the one Prime that had broken the law. And the law was you could never... Um, harm a planet or a solar system that contained life mm-hmm. and he wanted to con- he wanted to destroy Earth's sun and so he was um, basically thrown out I mean it's very very uh, Satanish type of of uh, allegory you know he was thrown yeah. thrown out and you got the whole the term the fallen and everything so it almost feels like like the primes are supposed to be a type of angel and he's yeah. like a fallen angel and then it takes a prime obviously to kill the a prime takes and, one to kill one and takes one to kill one and so obviously you have optimus prime killed so i'm just throwing spoilers out like mad here oh, that's but fine. <laughs> oh, that's okay. um so then you had to bring optimus prime back to life because he was the only prime left and and he was the only one that could stop the fallen so it was- i wonder how many days he was dead yay three days what do it, you think it- i'm gonna place a bet that it's three days probably <laughs> i bet this glass of water <laughs> it'd be interesting to go back and watch how many nights did they try and put in between them so you could figure out how many days there were right but i wouldn't be surprised if they just threw that in there as, no as three i think days. it was more than that because they they had the night when they were still trying to recover from everything and then they had to go find the guy from Sector 7. And then they spent at least two nights in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay. It was more than three days. I owe you a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> She's already drinking it, so. Yeah, speaking of, um, well, we didn't speak of it, but my brain went there. The, Air, the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. It's been a while since I've been there, but the picture they showed, I don't think that was it. I, I haven't ever I, been I to it. I could be wrong. Or maybe they've moved buildings, but I don't think it was it. Now, I know, though, you don't go out the back door of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum into a desert where there are, <laughs> are graveyards of all of these planes. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah, that was kind of like weird. We're in the middle of Washington, D.C. at the museum, and suddenly we exit that out of the hangar, and we're in the middle of maybe an Maybe they thought graveyard. they were at Wright-Patterson, where the... Um, no, that that wasn't right, Pat, either. Well, I know it wasn't, but maybe they thought they were. <laughs> and it wasn't Arizona. Either. I know there's a graveyard in Arizona where it's all of well, these Well, that wasn't a, it like wasn't it. really a graveyard. It was no, like a it was, was like 
like a because he was messing up the planes and they were saying no 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 they were it was actually an exhibit of planes on the outside looked like a graveyard to me no it was an exhibit of planes because they weren't pieces till he started banging them up they were all right. neatly arranged they were were like yeah, in well, you know like outside the Wright Patterson they have the the outdoor airplanes that are on display they have the ones right. on the inside but they have ones on the outside that are on display too well in Arizona they have the spot where all of the planes are crisscrossed mm-hmm. lined back and forth where nose to tail tail right. to nose like that and that's the way it was in here and it's just plane after plane after plane that's what it looked like is that yeah, they filmed I, it in a graveyard i felt like it was well they may have filmed it there Foster, but i felt like it graveyard. was supposed to be an outdoor exhibit of planes yeah. that's what it felt like to me in any case way yeah. out of context yeah though. it was <laughs> it, like wow but then we do learn that that uh, sr-71 which is like one of my favorite airplanes that that was the big black plane that uh-huh. was the old guy. Okay. We learned that he can transport in space. And right. That was pretty cool. Space and time, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the the interesting thing about his character was is they show a geriatric transformer. I mean, he's got like a beard and he was like using a cane. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought it was like, okay, they're 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 robots. I mean and and they really did a great I, I mean they went overboard trying to personify him. Like I think you mm-hmm. noticed that they were the breathing breath yes. and and they, they kept bleeding and like, bleeding they and they would crying. get punched in the I don't face remember and... bleeding in the first movie. No, no, no. They the only time they ever were leaking fluid was a very purposeful thing. Right. And I mean And I, they actually it was weird. They actually showed Bumblebee crying. In, in the well, that was a, something he played up. Yeah, he was playing it up. But still, I mean, it was... I mean, it was just like they were throwing all these personifications out. And that and that geriatric um, Transformer was just like way over overkill yeah. on that. It's like, what, why would they show age in the same way that a, a biological being would? You right. know, that doesn't make sense. So, that was kind of weird to me. But it was pretty cool, though, to see it. I just wish I could have seen him transform into an SR-71 a couple more times. <laughs> you know, the transformations, this is something that got me, is every time you see a robot transform the first time, it transforms very slowly so right. you can see all the details. And it's and it, not in slow motion. No, it's just you're seeing every little thing come around and <laughs> click into place. and Yeah. <laughs> Whereas other places in the movie... It's, it's like, just, like instantaneous. Oh, instant, yeah. <laughs> A uh, kind of plot hole there. Yeah. There was a line that was mentioned in the movie where it says, fate rarely calls on us in the time of our choosing. And that was said to Sam. Yeah. It reminded me of the Lord of the Rings and, and Frodo. He, he mm. ends up getting the ring. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of what Gandalf ends up telling him. I mean, it, it was a slightly different, but it was the same sort of theme and trying to basically he didn't really have to talk frodo and tat going to mordor and you know trying to save the world but it was the a similar kind of feel and you also have like a, a more of a biblical reference um the story of esther and where she was placed in, for such a time as this and that that kind of has the overtones of it is like you know the the lord places us into circumstances so that we might be available to do his service so and that there, was brought out a lot mm-hmm. more in the spot where they make it look like Sam died, right. and then he has this dream that's like very godlike, mm-hmm. where he sees the old other crimes, crimes yeah. in there, and they say, "We've been watching you for a very long time," and I think they said, 
you've we chose you for yeah, this. Yeah, that was you, like you were his chosen. destiny. Yeah, but that he had his destiny. But that he had to earn the key to leadership. Was that what they called it? Something like that. Right. Yeah. That was the name of the yeah key the key that unlocked the. He couldn't big, just scary take machine. it. He had to. He had to earn it, and that he had earned it. Right. So Which I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. To bring that out, but yet weird that there was like godlike dream sequence while he's dead and then he suddenly comes back to life so does that mean that the transformers have an afterlife because all of those primes were dead good question and did you notice when one of the twins actually said a line that was worth something (laughs) (laughs) when there was that big sand machine that Mm -hmm. was sucking them all up one of the twins i think it was the red one said i don't want to die right what is death to a machine? Well, they did talk about in the the first movie how it was some sort of organic machine that could, what the, the girl used the word evolve, but that's how that they could crack hack the system so quickly. So you you do get the feeling that there is some sort of living organic element to them yeah. to the the Autobots. They're not just straight up machinery. Like mm-hmm. they they seem to have a personality and. You a know, soul, maybe. Right. That's sort of the feeling that you get. Yeah. Or you're supposed to get. Because it's like, once dead, like, we lost um, one of the characters at the end of the first movie. Right. And they mourned him like he was a fallen Conrad, so. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's more of that personification of a machine. Right. And and we even were talking about it here, and, and it was in the first movie, too. It's like when they had that little piece of the Allspark in the second movie, and in, 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 in the Allspark itself <clears throat> in the first movie got dropped, and it was just throughout, in, I guess, life force, and all of the things that it touched were, became alive evil. We yeah. thought that was really interesting, that every time the Allspark created life, it was always instantly evil. Yeah. And so where did the Autobots come from? Where did they develop consciousness? That's what I kept wondering. Yeah. Is because, I mean, if you automatically start out evil, then what is it that they can do to realize what they're doing They were wrong? saved. They were saved. <laughs> God chose them. Yeah. See, there's an Autobot Jesus. <laughs> now, there was a phrase in the movie. You, you were talking about a couple quotes. Um, there was one in there where... Uh, Sam was saying that he had found the key and it had disintegrated into dust and he still believed that it would resurrect Optimus Prime because that was kind of the point of the end of the movie was getting Prime alive again. And he's, and Michaela asked him, you know, what if this, it doesn't work? And he's like, well, I believe it will work. And we were actually saw this movie with a, a, a friend of ours. A friend of ours, yeah. And, uh, and he had a good name for that. He <laughs> called it the Tinkerbell effect. So Great I, I believe yeah. that this is true, and so therefore it is right. And I do believe in fairies. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was just you know that whole thing is if you believe it hard enough, it will become true, which is seems to be you know we had a listener that that uh, wrote into us about how, um, and I don't remember his name now, but he he made his the comment. Her name, yeah, someone. Yeah, it was in. somebody. Um, who who wrote in and made made the comment that if you look at all of the science fiction or even just movies today is that it always makes it look like man can somehow it, it get into trouble and then somehow get out himself out of trouble it's like the empowerment of mankind to always be the savior of themselves and and he's he was right because i mean even in this movie Sam is the savior of himself i yeah. mean he he is the one that 
that, you know, pulls out the key in the end and saves the day. So it, it's man always saving himself. Yeah, I remember that voicemail now. That was from Jeff from the uniquelyuspodcast.com. Right. That called in during the Serenity show. Are you sure that previous. was him? It seemed to me it was a. I read I read it, it in the Jeff. email from someone. Someone else probably said it too. Yeah. Either Jeff or Michael. Yeah, it might have been. Someone, I think it, I think it was a Michael. I don't think it was Kathleen. No. Because I've gotten several emails from Kathleen so far, which we, we do we've got thank a lot you. of stuff to yes. respond to in a feedback episode. We do thank you soon. for the feedback. Please keep it coming. Now that is actually all of the notes that I'd made about this right and, and it's like you know we didn't have the time to actually sit down and and kind of take our time with this movie because we were watching it on a big screen in a dark theater but um it you know i i have to say just because we have harped on the bad things in the movie so much i just want to say a couple things about what i did like <laughs> i really liked bumblebee yeah um, he stole the show. He totally stole the show. And boy, he is a good fighter, too. You oh, don't really yeah. get to see that as much in the first movie. But he's like, like really throwing the bad guys around in this movie. He does a really good job. And he even threw the twins around a couple times. So. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah, we <laughs> did. Like, yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Shut up the obnoxious robots for us. Thank you. So I really liked it. And... And we have to mention, and I think hopefully Daniel will play us a bit of it here, that the score to this movie was absolutely wonderful. By the time people are hearing this, the score will actually have been at the beginning of this episode because I forgot oh. to play it, but oh. I'm going to sneak it in You're there so people there. will think I planned it, Okay. but then they're going to hear this part and realize that no, I simply forgot <laughs> I to I am so button. sorry <laughs> to, to um, break your wonder of technology miracle thing yeah. here, so sorry. But yeah, awesome soundtrack, Stephen Jablonski, one of mm-hmm. my favorite composers now. He did The Island, he did Transformers 1, mm-hmm. he did a game, Gears of War 2, Nice. Awesome composer. Those were the things I actually liked about the movie, and it's a short list. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I'm sure the fight scenes were interesting, but unfortunately, the fight scenes were all between robots, so they were all special effect fight scenes, so yeah. you didn't really get to see anything real. Chris, what did you like about the movie? What did I like about the movie? Um, I asked you first. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the special effects really were were incredible, but I mean they were they were good. Really, I don't have a whole lot to say that was good because everything that I liked in this movie was also in the first movie. <laughs> so you could just watch the first movie and get the same effect. But I guess the biggest thing that I liked was that. Um, Sam, um, Sam's parents were were there at the end, and they knew what was going on, and were willing to to come back for their son, even though they didn't have to, and were actually being driven away from the danger. That they mm. were brave enough to be able to come back, because in, especially in the first movie, like they're just depicted as very cowardly. Because like um, in the first movie, the the house kept shaking, and so the dad like kept bolting for the safe place to be, and like I mean, it was just this continuous. They were always running and hiding, and in this movie, they stood and they fought, and I really, I really liked that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, before I say what I liked about the movie, I can't remember if I said this earlier, but there was way too many sexual references in mm-hmm. this. It was jokes. horrible. It was just and and the language was pretty bad in it too. Yeah. I, I don't recall it being that bad in the first. No, one. it wasn't. They um, they used the f word a mm-hmm. couple times that I counted. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the limit is on now that you can use that in a PG-13. The S-word was used a ton. Oh, a yeah. lot. Uh, and then even just sex jokes with the dogs and the robots. I know. Oh, what like, was up with that? Come on, that doesn't... Like, they, the, Sam's family got a whole nother dog just so that they could add sex jokes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they, it was literally like two minutes of the movie that they were in at all. And it was just for that. It was really not necessary. Yeah, yeah. that... Really bugs me. So that's why, in a sense, no, not in a sense. I do regret seeing this in a theater. Right. I although thankfully I didn't pay. <laughs> None of us paid for it, thanks to a friend of yours that got us in for free, a friend of Eve's. But I can't really recommend this movie. Now, what did I like about it? I loved the soundtrack. I loved as a three D artist myself and designer. I loved the 3D graphics in mm-hmm. this and the transformations and the sound mm-hmm. effects, the sound engineering of this was just awesome. And the, the tie-ins, I said this earlier, the tie-ins with earth history about the pyramids mm-hmm. and all of that Egyptian history and stuff. I thought that was really cool too. And a lot of cool scenes in the desert. You know, one of the thoughts that crossed through my mind was as I watched them defacing some of these ancient, places you know like they go inside the what what is what was the um the desert um petra petra yeah they go inside petra and actually tear down a wall to get it get it the uh sacrifice primes the bear, the grave of the primes or whatever they called it and i kept thinking i was like i wonder if some grave robber now is going to go in there and tear that <laughs> wall down just to see what's behind it and then and then they show another another alien like totally taking apart one of the great pyramids and and uh from the top down, mm-hmm. and it's like, and, hey, there is an alien device in the middle of it. You know, it's like, so how many people are going to start drilling until, you know, I know we know it's not there, but it's still, it, it just kind of flashed through my mind. It's like, okay, so how many people are, are going to start trying to deface ancient things, you know? Well, and of course, with the pyramids, there was that reference that everybody makes now in every movie or TV show mm-hmm. that includes the pyramids is that the pyramids were made by aliens. Right. Yeah, well, sure. you know, in South America, it was, it, was, it was different aliens, but in the Indiana Jones movie, the newest one that was made, uh, that, you know, it was a dimensional being. It was, it was a spaceship. And then, so this one was tr- a machine to try to destroy the sun. So, you know. I was disappointed we didn't get to see the pyramids blow up. I know. If you're going to go through all the trouble and destroying the pyramids, you might as well explode them. Yeah. yeah. What? Like, just one little side shot from Optimus Prime as he was taking down Megatron. Mm-hmm. That was it. Just that one little side shot, boom, and the weapon is destroyed. That's yeah. It like, was what? so. It was way too easy. Did they yeah. run out of money to blow up the entire pyramid? <laughs> Come on, just build it back. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they they destroyed so many other things in the movie, and I don't know why they couldn't have done Shanghai that. Shanghai was totally just wasted. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was a cool movie, but. I don't think any of us recommend seeing it. No, I think if we were to actually go through our scorecard with it, it would probably be, it would definitely be a closed eye. It might even be a plucked eye movie. I'm thinking I would have given it a plucked eye. Yeah, because it it definitely was not, yeah, it definitely was not worth the time it took to watch it. 
to yeah. be honest. And the other three people that we had with us in our group when we watched it also gave it ratings of C, mm-hmm. B minus. Or I think you might have been the only one. That I gave think it a B-. I was the only one that gave it as much as a B minus. And yeah. n- the more I think about it, the more I I'm sure it was really not even that high. So yeah, I, I to be honest, when I w- gave it the B minus, I kept thinking of Bumblebee. He's the only thing that I, I just love Bumblebee. Yeah. So he he really he really did st- steal the show. Like in the mm-hmm. first movie, it was all about how awesome Optimus Prime is, but in this movie, he spends half of it dead. Yeah. So Bumblebee was the one who really stepped up, and like I missed seeing the other um, Autobots around because they weren't really in the movie. It was, they were. I mean, Ironhide was there. Well, I mean, they were there, but they didn't really like, have a role. get to participate. Yeah. It was Bumblebee and Optimus Prime, and then all of the bad guys, which. I never thought it was fair that the bad guys were so much bigger than the Autobots. Yeah. Like, that just, it's just not fair. <laughs> From the trailer, we got the idea that that huge auto, uh, Decepticon bot in uh, Shanghai or China was, I was thinking that was like the a final. main yeah. plot line. Killing like, the beginning of the yeah, movie. That was so. kind of disappointing because I yeah. thought, ooh, giant, huge robot. This they did cool. have the giant, huge robot, though, the one that was sucking the desert. You yeah. know. But that looks more like a compilation of several it was. Decepticons. Yes. Which I was glad that they did that. They didn't do that in the first episode. But I mm-hmm. remember some of the cartoon series had that where yeah. the Transformers mm-hmm. could connect and then make a bigger, make a bigger robot. Yeah. yeah. But really, he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> har, har. Har, 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 har. I had to throw in a bad humor. And with that, I think we should end the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> While we are just barely ahead. <laughs> So, if you're not subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show. Visit areyoujustwatching.com, and there are lots of subscription options on there. You can follow me on Twitter, The Ramen Noodle. And I'm E. Franklin on Twitter. And Chris isn't on Twitter. No. Yet. Will you ever be? It's very possible, but unlikely. (laughs) Very possible, but unlikely. Okay. Whatever that means. (laughs) And also remember that if you want to give us your own feedback and respond to either what we've said or if you've seen the movie or any of the other things we've talked about, please, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at areyoujustwatching.com or call 859-353-4332. That's our listener line, 859-353-4332 and leave a message and we can play it in either a future episode or have a feedback episode which we should have since yes. we've received a lot of yes. feedback and, and you know please send us audio files on the email too I mean if that you want to do it that great. way yeah. because we could play those and interact with you a little better it is so much nicer to have another voice mm-hmm. played that we can use that instead of just reading your message because we might not get the emotion that you communicate through your writing that you intend for us to see but or here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Daniel Lewis. I'm Eve Franklin. And I'm Chris Jones. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com.